Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Healing Podcast, where we meet the joys and challenges of our sensitivity with open minds and hearts to awaken our best highly sensitive selves. Welcome friends, it's Tanya, and today we're chatting to a very dear friend of mine, Rafi Wagner. Rafi is an occupational therapist turned podcast strategist. Welcome, Rafi. Hi, thank you, Tanya. I am so excited to be chatting with you on your podcast. Yes, I'm so happy to have you here. And I invited Rafi because a while back, she and I were talking about sensitivity in general. And although she doesn't identify as a highly sensitive person, she still has sensitivities. And I started thinking about how HSPs can find different ways to make connections with non-HSPs through any sensitivity, any sensitivity they may have, no matter what it is, because we all have at least one thing that we're sensitive to, right? And sensitivity affects us all differently. And being sensitive has a range of qualities. And also knowing that over time, our sensitivities can change, they can increase, decrease, and also manifest in different ways through not only our mental and emotional health, but our physical health as well. So Rafi, what are some of the things that you're sensitive to? Um, I would say right off the bat, since you kind of ended with that is the physical. So um, the things that come out in my body, um, And so for me, very, I'm very sensitive to sleep and sleep hygiene. Mm -hmm. So sleeplessness is probably my number one thing. And that very small things throw that off. Very small things could put it from an amazing night's sleep to literally, you know, on and off four hours. Mm -hmm. So sleeplessness is probably my number one thing. Um, and then I would say the, the other thing, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but I also feel that I'm super sensitive, although I feel like probably people think I'm a leader and think I'm strong and outwardly, I may present that way, but I'm really highly sensitive to really stuff that doesn't matter, like social media comments or on the flip side, things that very, that matter a lot is that like, I watch zero news. I don't go on Mm. news sites. I don't do any of that. I literally am just avoiding of all that. And so like my mom fills me in and my husband fills me in on breaking news stuff because Mm -hmm. the, the immediate reaction, Tanya, and I'm sure being HSP, you could probably relate to this is like literally your immediate visceral, however it manifests in you, that reaction within matter of seconds. And that's overwhelming. (laughs) I can feel, I can feel physical changes um, in my body with it happening, whether it's like blood pressure or whatever. And um, yeah, since um, the, uh, the presidential election before the previous one, um, I turned the news off and, and I, I get my news the same way as a, as a filter through my husband, you know, he'll, he'll just kind of tell me like some big news or whatever. And then I'll say, I either, I want to hear about that, or I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> right. And I think whether you're HSP or not, 
being intentional with how you view social media and how you view the news can benefit anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, and you know, and being how you, intentional. Yeah. And how you, um, how you choose to, to uh, intake it as well. Right. So maybe not watching a 24 hour news channel, but maybe reading a news story instead or something where it's a little bit more um, less, a little bit less in your face or sensationalized maybe. Right. Um, Yeah. For, for a reaction to kind of keep people watching. Yeah. Because I think if you're reading something, you know, those famous lost in translation, if you're reading something, you may not feel that in your face, emotion in your face, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, reading it, but, um, yeah, so I generally just stay away from that and just in general, but, you know, you mentioned something that, or I mentioned the social media thing and Mm. Although I don't identify as HSP and I don't have a diagnosis and I've never sought medical attention for symptoms and, and things regarding this, I had such a bad reaction to social media bullying a couple of years ago. It was the, in the summer, a couple of years back to the point where my heart rate was going above 120 sitting and looking at social media and mm. looking at responses. God, scary. So I think that is probably, you know, very related to have so- how someone with HSP would respond or how um, it would happen in someone with HSP, right? Absolutely. Like it manifests different mm-hmm. ways. So that's why when we started talking about this, I'm like, I don't officially know that I am, but I definitely in the research that you've shared with me and the things that I've read, I definitely have a lot of connections and a lot of things that fall under this umbrella for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, like I said, in the beginning, I think it's really important um, for highly sensitive people and non highly sensitive people, because since sensi- being sensitive, the word sensitivity can be such a, have such a negative connotation to it. Right. Um, and especially if you've been told that you were sensitive from a really young age and seeing it, as a, as a negative, as opposed to a positive, um, it's really important, I think for HSPs and non HSPs to know that we have that connection and that everybody has something that they're sensitive to. Absolutely. And I think too, if, if there's someone struggling to make those connections, Mm -hmm. I think this is a prime example of how to kind of explore if there are some very related or very similar or same sensitivities for sure. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the ways, so you talked about um, a few years back, social media bullying, how do you, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit more. um, And then if how you kind of manage your sensitivities or maybe share some of the, um, the tools that you used or the, or the method methods that you used to um, kind of get through that in case you know, I'm sure it'll help someone that's listening because they're probably have experienced something similar in the past or, you know, if it comes up for them in the future. Yeah. So first thing I did is I just unfollowed, unfriended everything and everybody that I could. So I am a firm believer that like-minded staying in like-minded circles is underrated. So I use that as my motivation to just clean my friends list, 
clean business pages I was following, clean up everything in social media. And the bullying was coming from women that I went to middle school and high school with. And it was around the election way back when, you know, Mm -hmm. the the nightmare election. Yep. Um, And it was horrifying because I was like, I used to like spend the night at these people's houses. Mm -hmm. And clearly we are so not aligned with anything. And I kind of got a picture of that as they got older. But Mm -hmm. so I unfriended a lot of people from high school. First of all, you know, I mean, friendships have seasons and just because yes. you were in high school <laughs> and just because you were in high school with them doesn't mean you have to have them on your Facebook feed or One Instagram not. feed. I couldn't pick people I went to high school with out of a lineup. <laughs> yeah. But like, you don't have to, you know, yep. I think too, I think this is probably something that, that people, whether you're HSP or not struggle with is when to disconnect friendships, how to make new friends. And I'm just here to tell you that if you get rid of the people that are toxic, you get rid of the people that raise your blood pressure and raise your heart rate. Mm -hmm. If you get rid of all that mess, you're making room for true connections and you're making room for like-minded people and don't underestimate that like-minded connection. You know, we're, I think we're taught very early on in life in social skills and play and, you know, seek people that are different from you. Well, Mm -hmm. I call BS. Yes, you can be different from me as in, you know, whatever, but there's certain things in a friendship circle. If you think of it as a circle or a pie, Mm. there's certain things I'm willing to give a sliver to, but there's certain things I'm not going to give a sliver to. So if it is fundamental moral differences, no, I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm control of that. I don't have to be friends with someone that is morally polar opposite of me. I don't have to be now, if it's a loved one or if it's something other, some other type of connection, then there might have to be some more, um, finesse with that Mm. relationship, Mm -hmm. but that's what I did. So I did that. And then I also deleted apps off my phone. So I had to go to my laptop or my desktop to interact with social media. Mm. So I made it harder to get to social media. And so when it's harder to get to, it's more intentional. So I love that. Yeah. Right. So, Mm. and that's something you could do for anything in life, really. So if it's, if you need something to be easier to do, you could flip it and do it that way. But for me, after that bullying, that's what I did. I made it harder to interact with all of the crap on social media, but I cleaned house. When I tell you I cleaned house, I cleaned house. And then I got some messages even after that in the, in the, um, that other mailbox, you know, when you're not Mm -hmm. following those other mailboxes Mm -hmm. and I was getting messages in there and I was like, okay, enough is enough. So I've actually gotten to the point where I blocked Mm. I blocked people. I deleted people. I reported people. I mean, I just went gangbusters because mm-hmm. I'm like, first of all, Facebook gives you control of doing some of that stuff. So why not use that? Yeah, Instagram it's there for a reason, you, right? Yeah. Instagram gives you gives you those controls. So use them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yes, social media is intrusive, but thankfully there are some measures in place on these apps that will help you. 
but as far as my my visceral reactions and stuff, that was that was the judgment. That is when I was like, okay, this is not okay. Like I need to do something because I'm at rest sitting on my couch and having to go through some of this social media stuff. My heart rate, my Apple watch was triggering me all the time that my heart rate was above 120, mm. just sitting and looking at something. Yeah. So I was just, like, no, like, no, it's, <laughs> it's like not worth it. Like, what am I doing? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. So really doing that. And even now, you know, um, life is overwhelming as it is. I mean, literally, if you just think of shelter, you know, Maslow's needs, hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. if you yeah. just think of like food and water and shelter and love and relationships or something, or whatever is on that, on that chart, mm-hmm. like that's hard enough. <laughs> that's, that's three full-time jobs in itself. Right. So like, <laughs> why are we making, mm-hmm. why are we making more work for ourselves? Why are we, why are we exposing ourselves to more if we don't have to, you know, like, and, and things I've learned from you is like, okay, less social media time and go and stand outside and get mm-hmm. your feet on the ground, take some, do some breathing on some different apps and different things like that. Like really replace that crap with something positive, even if it's 10 minutes. Um, but I just really think it's, it's making that decision that your health is more important, your mental health, your physical health, your everything health is more important than any social media, anything, but that's difficult in today's world because like myself, I'm an online business owner. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? What, how do you, that, that fine line between showing up for your business and saying the heck with this, like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the cognitive capacity. Yep. (laughs) I mean, you know, I think you and I've had this conversation, but as an online business owner, creating stuff, content creation, Mm -hmm. like you have to have, there's so many bits and pieces that you need to be able to sit down and do something. Add two more full-time jobs on top of the three you have already. Right. So like, (laughs) You know, so like, how do you, how do you sit at a computer and, and show up like all this fakeness that you see and you're like, woohoo, I get to sit and create a podcast episode, a Canva, this, a, this, a newsletter, Mm -hmm. a podcast episode, show notes and all these things. So another thing that I've done that I think would be beneficial to anybody that sees themselves in me, the, how I'm, how I'm showing up for this episode or someone who's um, officially HSP, um, is knowing your cognitive boundary. So I'm not talking about physically, which there might be a lot of components there. Now I have quite a few chronic illnesses. So my physical abilities also come into play. Mm -hmm. So, but one thing that I think anybody would benefit from is knowing your cognitive capacity And what I mean by that is when your, your brain can only do so much. So people who promote four hours of sleep, that's BS. Yep. Your brain (laughs) 
there's a couple things your brain needs. One is sleep and two is carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but breaking news. Yep. So <laughs> if you are someone who is promoting four hours of sleep and you're also doing a low carb or no, car- well, there's no like really no such or- thing, <laughs> right? But there's really no such thing yeah. as no carbs, but mm-hmm. low, low carbs, you know, chances are your brain is not functioning the way it's supposed to. So, you know, that's my warning to you. But your cognitive capacity is when your brain just shuts down. And for someone with HSP, you may see it in all the different symptoms that are very common with that. So you may see the fatigue, you may see the anxiety, you may see the uh, visceral reactions, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is a certain point where your brain is like, I'm done. And what's happening in our world is our immediacy and our need for go, go, go. Yeah. We're not, we're not paying attention to that. We're not recognizing that. So we're going, going, going. And it's, and it's devastating because I can tell you for me, I am sharp and on it, but come three o'clock I'm done. Mm -hmm. So I have to set my boundaries and I know if I need to make any business decisions, life decisions, I need to do those before three o'clock. And how did you come to these, to, to finding what those boundaries are for yourself? Was it just, uh, kind of just over time or did you just kind of wake up one day and and kind of realize that, you know, you were working past your, your healthy, healthy limits, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it was a couple of things. I think it was recognizing one. I don't have a good sleep. I don't have good sleeping um, Mm -hmm. patterns. So I do a sleep hygiene program. I do all the things, but I still do not stay asleep. I've had sleep studies. I've tried supplements. I've tried prescription drugs that literally made me feel so wonky and wild. Mm -hmm, I know all those things. So I've tried all those things. So because I have a background of science in my Mm -hmm. education that I just kind of did my own study And I recognized that things were taking me so much longer to do after three o'clock. So reading an email, composing an email, having just a conversation, looking at something related to business, looking at something related to my health or reading lab reports or whatever. I was recognized that recognizing later in the day, which makes sense, because if you don't sleep well, by 12 o'clock, yeah. you know, like for example, today, the day that we're recording this, it is n- almost noon Eastern time. And I have probably had about four hours total of sleep. Mm-hmm. So by this time I'm, you know, sleep deprived, but still working through things. So mm-hmm. my turn off today, maybe earlier than three, but it was just the, just the process of trying to do things and recognizing that I'm just not sharp at that time. And so, and it was probably trial and error. It was probably doing stuff and making mistakes Mm -hmm. or missing things, you know? Um, So that's just me. So like, for example, we were in the process of, of getting a new home and the inspection report came like at eight o'clock at night. And so I looked at it and I was like, I know for sure I am not even opening that email until the next day. You know, so things Mm -hmm. like that. And if you recognize that, I truly think that one, you're going to probably be decreasing symptoms and episodes and 
you know, things that happen to you when you're triggered by things, you're going to decrease that. And you're going to be listening to your brain. I think, you know, I really think that in this country, especially, but I think as humans, we don't really, we pay attention to our heart rate because that you feel very much. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to our stomach and anything that's happening in our GI system, mm. because you can't really avoid you that. You cannot ignore your digestive system. Right. So, and that's also <laughs> something that I deal with. So I think that's also something common with HSPs. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think we kind of pass over thinking about the brain and it just, it needs its sleep. It needs its carbs, but you also need to recognize when it needs a break and when you need to just, and it's really also shifting priorities. If like me, I do anything that I need to read or produce or whatever, I do it at night. I mean, I do it in the morning. Uh So even if I have to record a podcast episode with someone and it's like five o'clock, I'll do that, but I'm not going to touch it or write a note about it Uh or anything until the next day. Yeah. And we all have our different you know, I am very slow in the mornings, for example. So I really don't, my brain doesn't really start to wake up until around 11, 11 a.m. or noon. So it's funny how we all have our different kind of, you know, times of day, but I think it's so important what you're saying about self-awareness and slowing down. I think those are two huge things for everybody, not just HSPs, like you're saying, but just for everybody, because we are, our culture sets us on a path of racing, being competitive with other people. I have to get there first um, and all that kind of stuff. And so just being able to give ourselves permission to slow down. And I think that's where a lot of the self-awareness can start to come in for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you, you know, when you think of self-awareness, I also think it's, it's an opportunity. Yes, it sounds very woo-woo, but I think it's also an opportunity for so much growth mm-hmm. and so much potential and so much healing, you know? So I think it's, it's vital. And I think it's probably going to look very different for, for everyone. For sure. Um, but I think it's just something. And I also think, you know, I mean, I'm 51. So I think some of this stuff comes naturally with age. Absolutely. It does. But I also think that some of this stuff, and I'm sure with HSPs, if you have trauma or if you've survived trauma, or if you're dealing with that as in your history, that shapes that self-learning and that that mm-hmm. whole process. It definitely does. It definitely does. That's something I struggle with on a daily basis, <laughs> trying right. to navigate all of that stuff. Um, yeah. And, and really kind of slowing down and, and recognizing um, how I react to things and choosing to respond as opposed to react. Um, yeah. Not just on social media, but, you know, on anything that I do. Um, is, is make, I don't say has made, I used to say has made a huge difference in my life. Now I say making a difference or because it's an ongoing process. It's not something that I'll ever be done with. Right. Kind of changed my language around that a little bit as to be a, um, uh, an active verb. <laughs> right. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Cause I mean, 
until we are gone off of this earth and whatever your beliefs are after that, like nothing is done. Mm-hmm. And even after that, you know, depending on your, on your beliefs, you may not even think that that is the end, you know? Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, but I also think a good word and a good thing to keep in mind or good two words for all of this too, is something that I don't think we talk about as, as a society as well. And that's giving yourself grace. Mm-hmm like giving yourself those moments as, as someone who has a business online, I, there's so much that's crammed down our throats. I I have made the decision to do my business the way I want to period. Mm -hmm. So I may not be getting the algorithm. I may not be getting the likes, the follows, the vanity crap. I may not be getting as many sales as I could but I'm showing up when I want to show up and how I want to show up. And it's my business. So if you are an online business owner that happens to be HSP or someone that relates to my story, you take control. You take control. It's your business. So you show up the way it feels good to you. It makes absolutely no sense to show up and not be there. And you know what, going through my later years in life now, I would say I now know what it means when, when people say being present, Mm -hmm. I now know what that means. Like, because you can show up and do something and not be present. Absolutely. (laughs) That's how most of us walk through life, you know? So it's like, It's it's social media. I guess if there's a a lesson from social media, that is probably one of my most important lessons I've learned from social media Mm -hmm. is that that can happen like and but yes, it can happen. But yes, you have full control over it. I think this is huge. Yeah. You know, like you have control over it and the same people that are cramming stuff down your throat they're not buying from you. They're not Mm -hmm. sending you referrals. Mm -hmm. They're not sharing your stuff. So why are you letting them take space in your heart and in your head? It's, it's just, it's, it's actually ridiculous to me, but it's a lesson and it may not be where you are today. You know, someone who's listening, it may not be where you are today, but strive for that. um, Because I, we are, we're pushed in so many different directions. And most of those directions were pushed in our negative directions. Yeah. I mean, this is something I really struggle with, as you know, <laughs> um, you know, with my, with my business, with my community, um, you know, as a yoga teacher and a, and a wellness um, practitioner is, you know, where do I, where do I draw the line? Because I I feel like I'm, I'm hold space for so many people that I forget to hold space for myself. Um, and so that's been something I've been really struggling with lately. And, and, um, yeah, you just posted something, I think it was yesterday, the day before about, um, you know, it's okay to, to press the pause button on things. You, you don't need anybody's permission. Um, you know, you, you give yourself permission and, all of a sudden it was like a light bulb for me. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. That's right. I am in control of this, you know, and I can't help other people if I'm not helping myself. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's that famous, um, that famous, what is it? Adage or whatever the, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yep. so that, that, that goes for everything that goes for energy that goes for brain power that goes for everything. Right. Like yeah. you can't, you can't take from something that's empty yeah. or something that is barely, barely full or, you know, but not only that though, you can control those things. It's, it's, it's a really a hard lesson. It's an ongoing lesson. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a work in progress for many, but I also consider that when I cut those ties with those friends, mm-hmm. so-called friends, I opened my world for new friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. So think of it that way too, is that yes, you might be unfollowing someone. Yes. You might be making the decision to kind of be rogue, but it's really so powerful. Um, in the online business space, they tell you to niche down, niche down, niche down. Mm-hmm. And that goes for a lot of things in life, because if I want to attract somebody who is very like-minded and somebody has the same vibes as me, um, then I'm going to put that out there in the world. And then they're going to find me. Mm hmm they're not going to find you if you're not portraying your realness and not portraying yourself. So again, it goes back to what I've been saying this whole time is that there's, it's so underrated staying within like-minded communities and like-minded spaces and friends. And as much as you can control, it is, it's beneficial. It's, it's, it elevates you to that higher vibe. It's like you elevate each other and, you know, it's, it's powerful. And of course, I'm, I'm not speaking of the negative connotations of that. I'm speaking strictly from the positive qualities of like-minded mm-hmm. people and communities. Mm-hmm. But I like niching down your, your friends, your, your personal circle, even if you don't have a business, you know, to just niching down to people who support you and who want the best for you. And that's a two-way street, um, but just you know, being being very mindful about choosing who you want in your life, and whether it's friends and sometimes it's family um, that you just have to kind of let go of. But you know, like you said, we are we are in control of that. Absolutely, absolutely, and the control of that could be a learning a learning stage for some. Oh, for you sure. Know- It's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when, so you were talking about, um, you know, the, the business side of it and you do have, um, a podcast, actually you've had a couple of podcasts. So I'm really curious about how you, how podcasting and just kind of that world in general, if it has uh, affected your sensitivities at all in positive ways or negative ways and, and just kind of how you how you manage that world um, in general. I love this question because I would say that I was I was a a victim of my body when I was in the medical field. So I was just the stress beyond the stress. The the Sunday scaries, the, yes, <laughs> all of the anxiety, all of those things all for money because it had, it was great money. It was great money. It was great money. 
then the global pandemic hit. And then I went from, you know, working 40 plus hours doing paperwork at all hours of night to almost no work. Mm -hmm. And then I went to absolutely no work. And then that's when the gift of podcast strategy came into my life. So, um, so I'm officially an, I'm an occupational therapist, but not active occupational therapist. And so I would say that my transition into a different career has led me to a choice of which stress do I want? Mm -hmm. And I made that decision based on a lot of things that my body was doing. Um, so did I want to deal with the anxiety and the stress of the daily grind of being in the medical field? Or did I want to stress about occasional money issues because I'm making less than I did as in the, in the medical field. Uh -huh. So it was a choice of stressors. And so I think I'm better off now. I think I'm more free. Um, again, there's plenty of stress. I'm not going to say that, you know, uh -huh. online business owner, entrepreneurship, those two things come with a, a just a different kind of stress. Yeah. And for, for sure. me, it's a less, it's, it's a lesser stress than it was when I was doing paperwork at 10 o'clock at night. Remember, I'm not a night person. So doing mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at doing work at 10 o'clock at night, not being able to finish it, going to bed with all of this hanging over me, that kind of thing. I left all that kind of stress and now a different kind of stress, but a more, it's just, it's just a, a softer stress. Maybe mm -hmm. is a good word to describe it. Um, and so I think I've grown a lot in that process. And I think I've grown a lot since that social media bullying episode that I'm pretty good with where I'm at and at now. And I have less sensitivities today than I did three years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that definitely makes sense to me as well, because in 2020, I left a very toxic um nine to five job that I, you know, for me personally, I would say I had uh, at least three physical kind of nervous breakdowns from it. <laughs> um, and so 2020 was an opportunity for me to, to enter this world that I'm in now world that I had always been kind of slowly making my way towards, but 2020 just kind of, um, I just jumped right in. And so I can completely relate to what you're saying about the different kind of stress. Um, Cause there is so much to manage, especially if you're a solo uh, preneur <laughs> and trying to navigate all of that. Um, but you meet friends along the way um, who support you and want the best for you. Like I met you, although I met you before 2020, but um, yeah. And I just think that it's, it's a different, it's, it's really scary in some ways, but in other ways, it's also very calming because you, you, you feel like you're following your true kind of calling. If you can get into something like that, that, that you really care about and that you're passionate about. Right. Right. And that's also too, it's like, do you lead with, do you lead do you lead and live life for a paycheck or do you lead and live life for a passion? And that's going against the grain, even though we hear, you know, all the time, oh, follow your passion, follow your passion. That's not the way our society is set up. 
Exactly. <laughs> and so there's going to be people, there's going to be systems that, you know, that are going to fight you every step of the way. And that's something else that you really have to be, find that self-awareness and kind of slow down, like you were saying, to, to find that place in yourself that you can draw from when all these other like bumps in the road, big ones and little ones are kind of set up on your path and you have to find your, your own way past them most of the time. Yeah. And as we're talking, you know, what else I thought of is that, you know, when you're, when you're making a decision and, and there's so much, your body is telling you and giving you signals. I think it's an, it's also an opportunity for you to recognize and say, okay, what can I, what can I do that would play with this, that would almost see some of these things as a positive and not a negative. So kind of like you were saying, like society <clears throat> does not, they tell us to go for our passions, but they don't make it very possible. Mm -hmm. So then it may be an opportunity to go with one of those things. So like, if you are a highly sensitive person, um, I would say if there's something that feels good to you, even though it may be something that comes with some, some visceral feelings or whatever, but it still feels good to you. That might be a good direction to go in. For me, I know there are certain things I cannot do as a creator and that is writing. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of it triggering anything for me. It's just a matter of that brain power. I choose not to try to figure it out. I choose not to do you know, thousands of words of writing and then have to edit and have to go back and have to reread and all of those things that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. That's why I do short form content on Instagram. I do videos on YouTube and I do podcast. Mm -hmm. That's why I do those things because I know, and again, it may not necessarily be related to HSP type of things, but I know what I'm good at and I know what I want to do. And I'm not forcing myself to do a blog because somebody tells me I have to. Yes. I'm not forcing myself <laughs> to write something because somebody tells me that's the best way to do SEO or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So that, so you do what you do, what feels right. You do with what you want to do. It's really that simple. Yeah. That's, that's such an important point is that you know, listening to all these voices that tell you, oh, you need to do this to make six figures and oh, you need to do that. And there's so much noise out there that it's hard to kind of sort your way through it. And I think that's when, you know, getting quiet, you know, meditating, if that's your thing, or even just, you know, taking, you know, taking some walks in nature or whatever, um, to just kind of quiet your mind and, and really start to listen to what's going to be best for you. I think that's huge. Yeah. My new favorite thing is my be still moments. Like literally, I mean, it's not be quiet, but it's be still mm -hmm. because <clears throat> I have six parrots. So my house is not quiet very yeah. often <laughs> until after 7 p.m. Uh -huh. But there are moments in my day where I just turn off everything. I put my phone on airport mode and I just sit there like I, I don't I'm not really super good at meditation. And I think mm -hmm. I shared that with you, like yeah. any meditation I do has to be a guided meditation because I I don't do that on my own. 
but I don't even do that. I just have be still moments where I'm just like, okay, I've had enough. I've either had enough with my eyes, my brain, my whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of meditation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just being yeah. still. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. There's no right okay. or wrong way to meditate. Okay. So it's then I do meditate. So <laughs> yeah. I just, and I literally just sit in the moment and most of the time it's in my office. Most of the time I turn my back away from the one thing that I just turned off mm -hmm. and I just sit there or I go outside and I do grounding, which I really don't know the philosophy of grounding. I just know I've seen it places mm -hmm. and here in Florida, it's kind of easy to do because it's hot outside. Yeah. Um, so I go on my grass and then sometimes I do that before I go and check my mail. Uh -huh. So I'll just stand there and sometimes I will turn around and I face away from the driveway. So people don't think I'm, you know, they look at me like I'm doing something wild, <laughs> but I close my eyes and I just take a deep breath and I just kind of, sometimes I, I crinkle my, my toes. And so I do little things like that. And I think I don't do them every day, all, you know, multiple times uh -huh. a day, but I think. I think I'm called to do them sometimes Absolutely. and I do it. Mm -hmm. So if it, if it's there, I do it. Yeah. That, that calling part. There. Yeah. yeah. The, the calling part is huge. That's listening. That's listening to your body, listening to your, to your brain, to your energy and, and what it's calling you to do. And then you're following through with it. And I think that's where a lot of us can get kind of tripped up is that we don't listen to those things, to those voices, um, whatever you want to call them energies when they, when they are calling out to us. Right. Right. Because we're so go, 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 do, do, mm -hmm. do, go, go, mm -hmm. go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Rafi, if, if uh, any listeners want to find out more about you and what you do, or if you have anything coming up that you want to, you want to share? Sure. So I am a podcast strategist. So if I have a couple things, um, but one thing I want to share is that podcasting is an amazing way to share your voice, share your narrative, share your story, share your expertise. So um, my mission now, though, is to help podcasters that have started a podcast and kind of let it go by the wayside, which may be very relatable to people with HSP, to mm -hmm. um, HSPs. Um, but I am doing a masterclass this month at the time of this recording, June, 2022, and we'll have the links in the show notes, right, Tanya? Yep, absolutely. Um, so the masterclass is a free masterclass and it's basically, um, I'm going to share some tactics and some strategies to reignite your podcast. So if you want to do that, if you want to reignite and relaunch and reactivate and revive your podcast, this classes for you. Um, and then shortly thereafter, the beginning of June, 2022, uh, beginning of July, 2022, I'm starting a small group coaching program that is kind of like a step up from that masterclass. If you need more support and that's going to be, um, the details of that will be revealed on June 21st. And, um, but I'm available for one-to-one -one strategy. So if you're, even if you're thinking about a podcast, um, I would say that I probably have a unique understanding of HSPs and because of my medical background, if there's anybody else, um, that's in the medical field, that's maybe interested in that. I do also have one-to-one -one opportunities to work with me as well. Um, and really because I'm so passionate about sharing my stories, um, I've had two podcasts. I recently retired one, but I've had two podcasts active at the same time. 
So I know the struggle of workflows and processes when it comes to podcast. I also know the workflow and the struggles when it comes to being an online business owner. So I think I come from a, a with a very unique perspective and very unique way to help people. Um, and then my favorite place, because my website is always under construction, which many p- could probably relate to that. <laughs> um, although Tanya, you're on top of yours. I'm not on top of mine. But- <laughs> I try. <laughs> But the best place to find me is on Instagram. And my handle is Raffi Nose Pods, R-A-P-H-I-E Nose Pods, no spaces or anything. Yeah. And I'll have that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And then my, oh, my podcast, my current active podcast will have a link because it's a very long name, but short abbreviated name is other. And on that podcast, I highlight the non-gurus, the non-influencer entrepreneurs, the the non-multi-millionaire pushing entrepreneurs. I share other voices in the online entrepreneur space. So if you're looking for some inspiration, if you want to start a business, or if you're looking for inspiration outside of the stuff that's crammed down our throats, that podcast is for you. And I can personally attest to Rafi's uh, knowledge, her skill, and her just her generosity in in what she shares. And she just has so much knowledge and so much passion for this. She's helped me so much with this podcast, um, encouraging me and and giving me you know helpful tips along the way. And and uh, yeah, I I'd be a lot, uh, I'd be struggling a lot more if it wasn't for her insight and her help. So I can, I can definitely attest to her, her skills. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with me about this. I think it was such a great conversation and it's so, so helpful, I think, to hear um, how, someone else outside of kind of the HSP um, bubble or world, you know, manages their sensitivities. And and I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of um, value in what you offered. So thank you so much for being here with me. You're very welcome. Thank you, Tanya. All right. Thanks everybody. And you'll find everything, all the information and how to get in contact with Rafi in the show notes. See you next time. Thank you so much for spending time with me here on the Highly Sensitive Healing Podcast. New episodes are released Wednesdays, and please feel free to reach out with any questions or comments. And never forget, we were given this highly sensitive life because we're strong enough to live it.